0: Hey friends, welcome to the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, I'm your host Connie. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Today I want to discuss about how to get over past rejection and the current hold that it has on us in our present life. I want to start by saying that past rejection is just very painful. When it comes from people, it doesn't even matter if they're people that we care about. I guess it matters more. But it just hurts whether we're rejected by those that are close to us or just acquaintances or complete strangers. And it has an effect. It doesn't just leave us alone. It's one of those lies that very easily entangles itself around our psyche and our spirit and our heart and seeks to constantly reinforce that we are defective. We are rejectable People, we don't have the same level of worth and quality that other people do. And when that lie um, gets entangled around our spirit and our heart, it's really easy to have extra sensitive feelers up that kind of look for rejection, anticipate rejection. And oftentimes we can sabotage ourselves because we're so sure that because of our past experiences with being rejected, we're going to continue to face it. And so I want to talk to you about that because that is something that I am currently really in the thick of uh, working through and and getting past. And I will tell you, it is a hard thing to change um, a lifetime of Anticipation of being reject- rejected, the feeling that I'm a person that's worthy of being rejected. Um, it, you know, there's so many different layers. If you picture an onion, rejection is like an onion. You peel away one layer, and it's a, a thin layer, and there's another, and another, and another, and you just go deeper and deeper. And the deeper you get, the more overwhelming it can be and feel because when we really get down to the heart of what's causing our rejection, which I'm going to talk to you about later, but when we really get into the meat of the issue or the depth of what is causing our rejection, it evokes a physical reaction inside of our bodies. Like for instance, I know that when I have faced rejection in my past, whether it be through my divorce or, um, different betrayals within the local church or different, um, unkind comments that were made. It produced inside of me a physical feeling of sickness. My heart would begin to race. My palms would begin to sweat. My ears get just so hot. Like I have this joke. I tell my mom that, you know, when I'm feeling when I'm feeling a sense of pressure or a sense of anxiety, you can cook bacon on my ears because they just turn bright red and you can feel the heat radiating off of them from like three inches away. And I get this sick feeling and it's like the thoughts. Um, I can't find, I can't find a place to ground myself when I am being triggered by rejection, when I'm feeling like I'm being rejected or I'm perceiving that I'm being rejected And I think that not being able to find that landing spot and that perception of rejection is important to note because when the entanglement of rejection, when the the past can intertwine itself around your spiritual life, your heart, and your mind, and your thoughts, and the way that you think, your perception changes. And so when you are trying to heal from past rejection, it's important to note What a massive undertaking it is. So that way, when you're doing it, when you're facing it, you can give yourself grace. It's not just this one light switch thing where you have to say uh, a mantra about how I'm good, I'm loved, I'm safe, I'm protected. No, that's never going to help you because the issue is not that you don't know the truth. Because we know that we're, you know, we're 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 loved, we're created in the image of God. We're, you know, this episode is geared towards people that are saved. But again, there's a great benefit here for if you're not, because this is gonna show you the hope you have in Jesus for overcoming. But going back to the point, you know, it is super hard to overcome rejection and you need to know that when you're doing it, you are changing the way that you perceive people in the world and God. We view rejection as something that happens to us from people, but I would like you to consider the fact that yes, you are rejected through people. That is the avenue in which it happens, but our fear as believers when we're rejected by people, really has less to do with people, and more to do with hurt towards God and feeling rejected by God. Did you catch that? We think that when we're rejected by people on surface, on the surface level, it's well, you know, um, my husband left me. I'm not lovable. My friends betrayed me. I am shameful. You know, I wasn't invited to this party or my parents abused me or I suffered, you know, I was dumped and then my girlfriend or boyfriend went and and started dating somebody I thought was my best friend or I have been, you know, uh, in serious relationships and I've been dumped three times. And then those people have turned around and gotten married. So We can easily look at all of these different situations and scenarios where we have been subject to human rejection. And on the surface level, it appears to us that that's the problem, that the problem is we are rejected, have been rejected by people. And so we place that, you know, surface level blame on. People that rejected us, we're never going to trust again. We're never going to love again. We're never going to go for it again. And we adopt the idea in our spirits and in our hearts that we are a quality of person that's able to be rejected. We don't have the same value and worth as other people. But in all of that, we've missed the entire point. Because we are able to be rejected by people and still know our worth and our value and not be destroyed by it when we have settled our worth and value with God. And when we are rejected by people and we do not understand our place with Jesus Christ and his love for us, then the issue of rejection can't be worked through. Because the issue of of rejection, the root issue for a believer is that we feel like underneath the surface on a deep level, maybe you're not aware of it. But we feel like the rejection came from God. Because God could have stopped it, prevented it, changed the person, blah, 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 any number of things God could have done. And if he's all big and all powerful and he's all loving and he didn't spare us from rejection, then it must be God that's rejecting us. And so we can work through and do all of the self-help things, but if we never come to the place where we know who we are in Christ, then we are never going to be able to change that perception of rejection, that fear filter that picks up on it even when it's not there. And it's this never-ending circle of torment that we live in. And it doesn't have to be big forms of rejection that can take us to the brink. Little forms of perceived rejection can be for someone that is so in tune and feels so low in life and that they don't have value and they suffer from great insecurities. It can be a little form of unintentional, meaning nothing was intended, but it's perceived as rejection and it can start huge problems. I've created huge problems in my life by being so in tune to perceived rejection. And I'm not even saying that it was real rejection. I'm saying that my feelers have been so heightened towards being turned away, put aside that I perceive things That aren't intended as rejection. Maybe they're just somebody's being insensitive or somebody's being thoughtless or somebody's, you know, not thinking. And to me, it's a perceived personal attack of rejection on me. And I can't dig myself out of believing that it's not. And so I've come more and more to the understanding that my issue lies with my relationship with God. And I did some pretty intense soul searching and deep seeking time and prayer and stuff. And I came to the fact that that's exactly what it is. I had felt like, yes, people rejected me, but my real issue was I felt like God had done it. God was rejecting me and he was proving that over and over again through the pain that I experienced with people. And you know, that's a very immature mindset to have. And if you're struggling with the same mindset, I need you to hear me that there is no shame in recognizing that a mindset we have or a behavior we have is immature. The shameful part of it comes when we have been given the opportunity to accept the great grace and truth of Jesus Christ, and we turn it away. Because, friends, there is no way to heal aside from admitting false beliefs and admitting uh, lies and admitting defective, bad behaviors that we have and accepting the grace, the forgiveness and the ability to overcome and change those behaviors and those thought processes in our life that come through the knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ and our birth from our relationship with him. We can't expect to find healing in pity because in pity is a sense of I mean pity has a place but pity is just really oh you poor pitiful person we can't really expect much from you because uh you know you're just not able you're not capable and the thing is 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 it hard to accept the responsibility that is forcibly placed on us when we have bad things happen that are outside of our control yes it is but we cannot decide to remain pitiful and remain In that victim mentality and accept healing and experience healing at the same time. You have to choose one or the other. And the sad reality is, is more people would rather accept the victim mentality because it's a lot less work than accepting the healing that God gives us, which requires us to accept that out of being rejected by people from that, it did happen, but from it, we have adopted as truth lies, we have adopted bad behaviors, we have adopted immature thought processes about God, and we have adopted uh, dysfunctional thinking patterns. And so all of these things have to be reversed. All of these things have to be overridden by the truth of Jesus Christ, birthed out of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? I would say Recognition that this is going on is the first step. Uh, being able to look over your life, to evaluate where and what behaviors and what situations, what lies you are accepting into your life as truth. What ways you are sabotaging yourself. One of the biggest ways that I previously had sabotaged myself is I would, you know, go into a situation where people didn't know me and I would kind of put out all my cards. I would talk way too much. I would be overpowering because in my mind, I was like, I want to see who's going to reject me. I know somebody will, so I'm going to put it all out there and see who's still sticking around. And then oftentimes nobody was still sticking around because it was like, okay, you're weird. Bye. And then that would only confirm to me that people were not trustworthy. There was no good. I was not wanted. I had no value. But really, in all reality, if I was able to look at it in the way that I'm beginning to now, where I can say, I have been rejected in my past. And out of that rejection has come a whole way of coping That is immature and not helpful to me. And there are things that I do and there are things that I believe that sabotage me. And so only because of the great grace of Jesus can I begin to overcome and relearn how to live in my position in Christ. That position in Christ is so important. Because the position in Christ in First Peter two nine says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and the perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This verse is speaking in a general term about a, a group of people a royal priesthood. But if you look at it, you can also see a very personal, personal connotation here. You are a chosen people, even more personal than that. You are a chosen person. I don't know your name on the other end of of the radio or the, the phone or the speaker, but you are a chosen person. You are a chosen man, woman, sister, brother. A royal priesthood. You have a position with Christ and its royalty. You are a dedicated person. You are God's own purchased special person. You have a position in Christ that gives you the opportunity to spend your life setting forth the wonderful deeds and displaying the virtues displaying the virtues is a form of of showing your healing as you heal you show and display the virtues of jesus christ through him perfecting you to the image of christ jesus you have been given the opportunity to tell people about the one who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light and being called out of the darkness doesn't mean we don't suffer but it means that mentally And spiritually, we have the capability of explaining and knowing this light that is available to us all the time. Jesus says that you are chosen. Jesus says that he purchased you. Another verse I want to read you is Colossians 3:3. And it says, For as far as this world is concerned, and this is referring to the world that we're living in right now in the physical body, you have died. That is saying that you have the opportunity to die to all of these old patterns of sin and patterns of, patterns of abusive thinking, patterns of immaturity, all of the things that keep you stuck. When you are in Christ, you have died so you can live in the position of Christ, which is light, freedom, and healing. Do we choose to live there? Not often but it is always available to us. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. That means it is hidden. It is hidden away from anyone being able to come in and steal it and take it and defame it. But it also means that it is hidden in Christ. And unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Unless you choose to do the work that he puts in front of you to receive the healing that is available to you, it will be hidden from you as well. You can be a believer and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, which is the sad reality of many believers today. We lack an intensity and we lack a passion to seek out and to find and to maintain a relationship with Jesus Christ. But when we do that, When we seek him with all our hearts, he will be found. When we pursue him with everything we have and we walk in obedience, not perfection, but obedience, we are progressively being sanctified, which means over a period of time, we are changing more and more and more to be like Jesus Christ. Our real life, our real life, which is the life of freedom, healing, wisdom, knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and the knowledge of how we are loved by Jesus Christ, not as a group, not as a every person that belongs to Jesus is loved, but as a personal named person that is known. That is available to you only when you pursue and seek the truth that is given by Jesus Christ through relationship with him. I want to read you one last verse here. And it's Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. And it says, Be not afraid of sudden terror and panic, nor of the stormy blast or the storm and the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for you will be guiltless. For the Lord shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and he will keep your foot from being caught in a trap or in some hidden danger. What this verse is saying is don't be afraid when rejection comes. Don't be afraid when abandonment comes. Don't be afraid when crisis and loss come because it will. We know that there are troubles and trials in this life. Don't be afraid because the Lord is your confidence, firm and strong. He will keep you from your foot being caught in the trap or in some hidden danger. So again, this goes back to the verse before where I was talking about your life being hidden in Christ. It doesn't mean that we're spared from everything, but it means that we are held through everything. And it means that when our relationship with Jesus Christ is being pursued with everything that we have to offer, The Lord becomes our confidence. The Lord is our firmness and our strength. And we know that we know that we know that he is going to keep us. And when we know that we know that we know he's going to keep us, we don't have to know how he's going to keep us. We don't know how, we don't have to know when it will end. We can just know that we are confident in the Lord Jesus Christ and he is faithful and what good works he has began in our life, he will see through to the completion. And we can trust that, and we can rely on that, and we can know that. So those are some practical steps to begin overcoming past rejection in your life. You need to assess, to look over your life, to determine where you are feeling the rejection from. And I'm fairly certain you're going to find that you have a hurt with Jesus Christ. You feel rejected by him. Then the next thing to do is to begin to look over your life and assess what behaviors, what mentalities do you have that are unhelpful to you, that are immature, that set you up for sabotage. Then you need to confess those things. So assess, accept, confess. And then once you confess, you reject, begin rejecting the lies. It won't feel real, but you reject them anyways. And you pursue with obedience and passion your relationship personally with Jesus Christ. And then you watch as slowly, most likely slowly, the chains of past rejection and the chains of current rejection begin to break off your feet and your ankles and you begin for the first time to learn to walk in the freedom and the love and the personal being chosenness that God has over you because you are a chosen person purchased for God as his by God for his own possession and your real life is hidden in Christ Jesus friends, I am so thankful for you. I hope you have a great week. Please reach out with any questions or comments regarding your spiritual life, any prayer requests. I would love to, and I love to pray over my listeners. Also share this podcast with your friends and your family and strangers on the street that you find that are having a hard time. Like, share, subscribe, and comment to this podcast. And you can find me on social media at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things or on the web at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.